Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Weekend Warrior, every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all weekend, slugs it out on the court, the field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Having so much fun, just like we do each and every Saturday. And thanks so much for listening and telling your friends and using Clapper Vision. People go, what? Clapper Vision? Yeah, don't you know your spine is like a stack of Oreo cookies? The cream filling is the disc. And they look at you like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, you got to listen to Dr. Clapper every Saturday. We've become an institution in Los Angeles. Did you know that? It's awesome. 12 years, over 500 shows, and it seems I try to make each and every one of them different, something special. I'm a sculptor, passionate about Michelangelo and what he did with a hammer and a chisel, so much so that I do it myself with his stone and his chisels. I'm a surgeon, 33 years, just passionate about how the body works art, medicine, and I'm the biggest Laker fan, the biggest sports fan. And I've always loved the athlete, the professional athlete, to do things that we can't even imagine. Odell Beckham Jr. putting one hand up and catching a football at 90 miles an hour. Watching LeBron James fly through the air as a 38-year-old. Yeah, we can jump. Well, you ain't jumping like LeBron James can. The professional athlete, it is a show, and it is awesome. But guess what? When they get injured, it's the same body parts, same anatomy as the weekend warrior. So for me, the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery, if I find, because of the guest, a topic, it's just so much fun to see that topic, that same subject, in those three areas. At 8.15, you don't want to miss my guest, Dr. Carol Lynn, an orthopedic trauma surgeon at Cedars, who I'm so proud of. She's so smart and so good at what she does, and she's a teacher. But it's her confidence Confidence comes from hard work. You may be born confident, but you better be able to back it up. Whether it's studying the books or having the experience or singing the songs, practice, practice, practice. When you hear this song sung by this woman, you know what confidence sounds like. People. People who need people 
Can you imagine the preparation that went in? Yeah, she's got God-given talents, but the preparation that goes into being able to make that song sound like that, that's Barbara Streisand. But her whole life, she was told, you can't do it. You can't look that way. You can't have that last name if you're going to be successful in the music business. Richie Valens, right? His Jewish manager who changed his name, his own name, told Richie Valenzuela, you got to change your name. I'm changing your name to Richie Valens. Because in America in the 1950s, those DJs are not going to play a song with your last name, Valenzuela. So true, he had to. That's the world you lived in. Well, Barbara Streisand was told the same thing. You're not going to be a success if your last name's Streisand. You know what she said? Too bad. I'm doing it anyway. This is her with Barbara Walters explaining that. In one of your songs, in the new album, there's a song that says, everybody says don't, forgive me if I start right, to right, say, right. right? Everybody says don't, but I say do. Right. It's I, my philosophy. I can't remember an album of yours in which there isn't a song that says, they said I couldn't do it, but I could do it. <laughs> That's what feels very familiar. You know, whether it's cut your nose off, uh, cut your nails off, cut your, do caps your teeth, you know, change your name, change your face, change your name. You're wrong, they're right, you should change. Well, the truth is that there are things that are right for me. They may not be right for you or anyone else, but I go by my instinct. That's right, and you also go by your hard work. Barbara Streisand. Everything I do entails hard work. That's right. And, and yet, I don't want to trivialize fun and comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the movies I'm working on is called The Mirror Has Two Faces, and it's about um, the illusion of love. I, I guess I'm, I've always been fascinated by the mystery of appearances. You know, what people look like on the exterior and what's really going on inside. You know who also uses the mirror metaphor? example of confidence in the world of sports who happens to be a woman i don't want this show to be about today's show about just women doing although carolyn happens to be a woman and barbara streisand happens to be a woman but pat summit one of the most successful coaches in sports history she uses the mirror when she's asked by ken coleman What's the ultimate message you want to leave people? To always, to look in the mirror and see yourself and challenge yourself to be the very best and to always do the right thing. And again, never compromise your principles, never lower your standards. Whatever it is that you desire to do in life, have the courage and the commitment to do it and to do it to your absolute best. And always, always know that you have to believe it to do it. Mm. I just love how it's like a musical instrument when you hear her speak. Barbara Streisand's a musical instrument because she's a singer, right? This is what she sounds like putting words together. The pauses, the high, the low notes. Let me tell you something. Pat Summit, in an interview as a motivational speaker, is punctuating the sentences, the cadence. It's 
It's just like listening to Barbara Streisand sing. When you hear her answer a question about being a coach, about doing what she does with her life. Yeah, I remember the first loss, uh, <laughs> probably more than the first win. Um, and we played uh, Mercer University. They were good. And I knew after the game that I had, um, I had not, I just didn't do a good job. You know, and I, I was young and I, I just wasn't experienced enough uh, or confident enough probably. Um, and I remember calling home and my mother answered the phone and she wasn't confident enough. How are you going to learn how to be confident like Barbara Streisand, like Pat Summit, like Carol Lynn? Well, here's an example early in her career where the confidence came from. It came from talking to her father. We were chit-chatting and she goes, Trish, how you doing? I go, I'm doing great, Mom. Never even asked me about the game. Probably didn't even know we were playing. Or if we, she did, she probably just forgot about it because she, she never was into sports. And I said, um, is Dad there? And uh, she said, yes. And I said, um, is it okay if I talk to him? Because he, he didn't like talking on the phone much. And she said, yes. So she handed him the phone. And he, I've never heard him say hello. He said, all right. Well, I was so nervous because I knew, you know, he knows how competitive we all are, and he's competitive. And, and I said, hey, Dad. And he goes, did you win? And I said, no, sir. We lost. Long pause. And I didn't know what he was going to say other than you need to get out of coaching. But he said, um, so you lost? I said, yes, sir. He said, let me tell you one thing. You don't take donkeys to the Kentucky Derby. You better get you some race horses. Wow. And he hung up. <laughs> hung up. Yeah. He never said wisdom. bye. He never right. said hello or goodbye. Right. But I knew what he was saying to me. And it, it, it really shaped me in terms of my philosophy to understand that you win in life with people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about me. I've never scored a basket for the University of Tennessee. You know, and I'm starting my 36th year. It's all about the people you surround yourself with and what they bring to the court, to the game, and uh, to understanding that it is a team concept and they have to do it together. You may have an off-shooting night, Russell Westbrook, or Candace Parker, one of Pat Summit's student athletes who became one of the greatest players in the WNBA. But you better not have an off night for rebounding or playing defense. When Pat Summit died at age 64 of Alzheimer's disease, tragically, so young, the day she died, Candace Parker, one of her players in the NBA, WNBA at this time, was interviewed after the game. Listen to the effect that someone with confidence can have on someone else teaching them how to have confidence. This is Candace Parker remembering her coach, Pat Summit. Well, Candace, from your very first bucket where you pointed to the sky to the inspirational rally in the second half, how hard was it for you to play tonight given your loss today? It was difficult, but, uh, you know, I felt a lot of strength from her and from the Ladyball family. Obviously, uh, it was a special night today, and um, we all played with heavy hearts. Your teammates were so sweet, NECA, giving you these heartfelt hugs. How were they able to help you stand up tonight? You know, that's what we do. That's what our team is. Uh, we're a family, and, um, you know, they know what coach has meant to the game of basketball, and we've all acknowledged that, and I think definitely from here on out, I'm playing for her. 
You wrote rebound on your shoe tonight. You had a season high in rebounds, Candace. How do you describe the mental mode you were in in that second half, 25 points in the second half? Well, I see Coach's glare, and I hear her voice screaming at me to rebound, um, especially on the offensive end. You know, I see her little head, you know, going back and forth telling me to rebound. So it's, it's very ironic that I had my high, season high rebounding tonight. I know Coach will be proud of you tonight, Candace. Thank, Thank you. you so much. If it's one thing you'll take away from today's show is that it's a two-way street life. Remember, when you give of yourself, when you get blessed because you've been gifted something, as soon as you get it, give it away. And that feeling you will get when you give it away is indescribable. Being of service. Yes, you've got gifts. Yes, you work hard. Yes, you have confidence. But if you spend your life just as... Pat Summit says, surrounding yourself with the right people, being of service to others, that's what gives your life a soulfulness. And Barbara Streisand walks the walk and talks the talk. Let me say this. I have a, I have a long way to go. I have a lot to learn. I want to feel like I, I've got to help better the world in some way. I've got to be of service because it enriches my soul. This fills me up. It makes me feel good. But I also know that um, that I wish I were more compassionate, that I were more loving. I mean, if we could only love thy neighbor as thyself, if that just one thought could be adhered to, I mean, wouldn't this world be a much better place? Like, we cannot change the world. It's such an overwhelming feat. But yet, by changing ourselves in this, each of us in a very small way, we change the world. Exactly. The great Barbara Streisand, learning wisdom from her. Coming up next, we're going to get some more wisdom from someone who's confident in their own world, who can teach us a few things. The great Dr. Carol Lynn from Cedar sinai the very best of orthopedic trauma in L.A. and in this country. What a treat to be able to talk to her. Coming up next right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it is the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Robert Clapper on 710 ESPN. The Saturday tradition unlike any other. Be here each Saturday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. And to say thank you, Dr. Clapper's got tickets to the Who. 
Caller number seven right now at 877-710-ESPN wins two tickets to The Who at the Hollywood Bowl November 1st. Caller number seven right now. The Weekend Warrior Show rolls on on 710. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest. I'm so proud of her. I'm so thankful that I get to work side-by-side at Cedars-Sinai for 33 years. It's just a building, Cedars-Sinai, but the people that inhabit that building is why it's so special, and today you're going to hear from one of those special people. Carol, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Happy to be here, Robbie. All right. I asked Dr. Paymont, tell me about what's so special about Carol Lynn in your mind, and he said, She's kind of a pioneer. And I part of me wanted to make today's show about art, sports, and surgery, which is what I do every Saturday, about the aspect of being a woman and being a pioneer. But the reality is, is Carol, you're special to all of us. And, and I almost don't want to cheapen it by just saying being a woman pioneer. You're a pioneer amongst all of us. So... I first want everybody to learn a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? What your parents do for a living? Going to medical school, you picked orthopedics. How did this all happen to you? Well, um, I'm, I'm a Southern California girl. I grew up in Orange County, so I'm thrilled to be back, uh, you know, in Los Angeles at Cedars. Um, and um, my parents immigrated from Taiwan in the late 70s. Hmm. Uh, to be graduate students, and uh, my dad was initially going to be a physicist, but he switched tracks and decided to become a physician, and my mother was an engineer, so I grew up with a lot of uh, people who overcame a lot of obstacles and worked really hard, and so I think that set some pretty strong uh, strong upbringing for me. Mm. And where did... So I... um, Yeah, go ahead, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, and, and in medical school, uh, I thought I was going to be a pediatric surgeon or a cardiac surgeon, but orthopedics really spoke to me. I I really enjoyed the procedures. I think that it's thrilling to be able to do a hip replacement or fix a broken bone, and a patient gets up and walks out of the hospital. It's it's really transforming. Mm-hmm. So, Where did you go to college? Where did you go to med school? So I went to college at Stanford. And then I spent a year working in the elementary school system uh, with autistic children because I, I wanted to try something different for a while before I went to medical school, make sure it was really what I wanted to do. And I loved teaching, and that's where I hmm. kind of stumbled upon that. And then in medical school, I was at Washington University in St. Louis. That so was my big Midwestern adventure. Hmm. Uh, so I learned, I learned a lot about weather uh, going there and <laughs> met a lot of different types of people and different cultures. So I thought that was a really great experience, and I loved it. Hmm. And residency? Uh, I had I missed California, so I came back and did my residency at UCSF in San Francisco. Got it. And so I spent five years up there. And then you did the fellowship with Dr. Wiss at Cedars, right? I did. I did. I was right. really happy to come back to Southern California and um, happy to work with one of the, the greats in orthopedic trauma. Yeah. yeah. And uh, was just really overjoyed when they started talking to me about staying on as faculty and getting to teach residents, be a part of this new residency program, and start training people for the next generation. Yeah, something else. Of all the types of fractures, I just still hear Dr. Wiss's voice in my head because (laughs) explaining 
when we use a rod versus when we use plates and screws. When we're thinking bones and joints will rotate, we need to capture that stability with plates and screws. But when we pound away walking and running on the long bones of our body, it's often preferred, if you can, to shish kebab and put a rod down the femur. It's just an amazing, the mechanism of how the fracture occurred, the location makes it different, the mechanism makes a difference, and then all these different choices you have of how to fix the same type of fracture is, do you have a particular area of the body or type of fracture that you're really most fond of? Well, I, I have to tell you, I think my, my favorite surgery of all time is fixing a femur fracture because it's truly life-changing. Mm. Um, you know, when I was in medical school, I, I lived in Malawi in sub-Saharan Africa for a year working on some different research projects. And that really cemented my interest in orthopedics and trauma because you know, you'd go to a hospital, the people get hit by cars, there isn't a lot of road safety out there. And to fix a femur fracture, like they used to in, you know, the turn of the century, people were in bed in traction for six weeks or eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And it really just changes your life. And even then, if you heal, your leg isn't the right length, it's, you know, you have a deformity. And uh, I saw kind of the miracle of what we can do with modern technology and fixing these fractures, it changes people's lives and mm -hmm. it really gets them back on track. Um, so I think from the, the satisfaction and the impact you can have on a person. And I think what really also inspired me to pursue trauma was that surgery was being able to take someone whose life was devastated by a car accident. They broke a leg and then you fix them, and they're up on their feet the next day, and they're going to get back to their life. Um, so I have to say that's probably my favorite surgery to, to perform, um, Wow! you know, and, and all the stuff that I've learned to do from my trauma fellowship. I remember learning about femur fractures uh, when they interviewed the uh, American Air Force pilots that were shot down in right. World War II, and they kept right. saying to them, so let me get this straight. You jumped out of the airplane because it was on fire. You're in your parachute. You landed in a field, and you broke both your legs, and they took you to a hospital, and the next day you were walking? That, that can't happen because America exactly. did not totally. have a Kunchner nail, even though he was a right. Nazi, but he actually yeah. did help. I mean, some good came from World War II and all that the Nazis had done because this lunatic decided who cares what happens to the bone. I'm going to shish kebab it, and it turns out – he effectively changed the way we think about how bones can heal, and it's awesome. Have you ever seen, actually, an old Kunchner nail? I did. I, I've been back to Africa a few times, and they're still using the original Kuncher nails without <laughs> x-ray. You know, it, it's a real education when you go out there and you say, wow, I mean, this, this was invented in the 40s. It was a miracle then. It's still a miracle now. And, uh, you know, we, we have... That the best of technology at theaters, everything is incredibly advanced. We have robots. We've got all this minimally invasive stuff, which I think, all, you know, it does make things better. But when you get down to brass tacks, that surgery is, is incredible. And, you know, and then when you get to go, you know, when you go to other places that don't have the same resources that we do or the same luxuries, uh, it really opens your eyes to the things that we have here. When Dr. Paymont used the word pioneer, what he also is saying is, hey, 
we do this physicality. We're using a hammer. We're hitting it as hard as I can, driving these rods down the center of a femur in a teenager. You got to be strong for this. So this is not a profession, orthopedic trauma, where you're going to see a lot of women. So I want to play a soundbite for you, and I'm just curious. Dr. Ranawat, my teacher, taught me the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. Well, this is a radio show, so the ears may not hear what the mind doesn't know. I want to take advantage of you being on the line and play this soundbite from Barbara Streisand, and, and I'm curious what you actually are hearing. So listen to this. A man is forceful, a woman is pushy. A man is assertive, she's aggressive. He strategizes, she manipulates. He shows leadership, she's controlling. He's committed, she's obsessed. It's been said that a man's reach should exceed his grasp. Why can't that be true for a woman? What do you think of that, Carolyn? I think she's a very, very smart woman. <laughs> and has a lot of perspective. What she's, has it you know, been like? She's got a lot of talent and she's smart. What's it been like, Carol? Does it really, do you have those memories of moments where you kind of saw their eyebrows go up when they're going, you're going to be the one? Or even with patience when you walk in the room. What's that like? You know, I, I have to say that uh, it, it can be frustrating, you know, to have people make assumptions about you because of the way you look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that happens to everybody. I, mm-hmm. I will say I think it happens to me in a very particular way. Well, pe- people don't believe I'm the doctor. They think I'm the nurse or the physical therapist or, or case management or something. I think it all depends a lot on what I'm wearing that day, if I'm in scrubs or if I'm in my white coat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, what has impressed me, though, is that it, it's not about, it's not usually a malicious thing. Mm. It's not, it's not said out of, you know, a, a desire to put people down. It's just they haven't seen uh, very many women orthopedic surgeons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once I tell them, yeah, I am the surgeon, I'm going to be the person taking care of you today. I'm going to be the person fixing your broken leg. We're going to get you back on your feet. Uh, a lot of times, at least here in California, it's a pleasant surprise. I think. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of education and telling people, you know, it's it's about working smarter, not harder. We're not here these days being brutes about, you know, shoving bones into place and doing all of this really aggressive physical stuff. We don't have to do that anymore because we have better technology and we have better surgeries now. And usually in my experience, if you're having to get to a point where yeah, you're trying to force something in. Uh, it's not a good idea to keep going down that road because you're you're missing something. You're you gotta, like you said, the eyes don't see what the mind can't perceive. You got to change your thinking because you got to mm-hmm. take a different approach if you're trying to struggle that hard. You're trying to brute force something in. So, um, you know, as I mentor more and more young women who are interested in the field, which really is exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you gotta, you do have to learn how to play with the boys a little bit. Um, but I think the realization is most of the time, people can make some pretty um, emotionally frustrating assumptions or say things out of bias. Uh, but it's rare that people are truly malicious about it. But they mm. maybe need a little bit of education and a little bit of time to understand. Yeah, it's a different world we live in now. Carol, can you stay on the line for a minute? I want to ask you about teaching and your chosen academic profession. Is that okay? Do you have a minute? Absolutely. Okay, hang on the line. Absolutely. We'll pay some bills. 
We're talking to the great Dr. Carolyn from Cedar sinai one of the finest that we have, and I'm so proud to work with her. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA. 710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. feel like a rabbi. I'm not Robbie Clapper. I'm Rabbi Clapper. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Because the congregation needs me. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710 Home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Shania Twain. But I'm so excited to talk to the great Dr. Carol Lynn from Cedars-Sinai, orthopedic trauma. Carol, it's just so awesome to hear... Your voice is like a musical instrument, and I don't know if you realize this, but I go to all the conferences, and I'm usually sitting in a few rows behind you, and I just cannot wait for you to raise your hand and say something, because there's a gift that you have in how you speak, and it it reminds me a lot of listening to Pat Summit, the, the great teacher, the great coach at the University of Tennessee, the spacing between the words, the emphasis, it's a, a, a woofer versus a tweeter when you're listening to music. But it's, it's really something that gets the point across. And I very, first I want to play a soundbite from Pat Summit so you can hear what I'm talking about. And then I want to ask you about your teachers. For example, if you can think of one thing that you took away from the teachings of Do- Dr. Wiss, what is it? But let's first listen to Pat Summit talking about teaching. Anybody who knows you and knows this program knows that you love to teach. I so do. talk about how you teach life lessons to these wonderful young ladies who come through your program. What specifically are you trying to release them into the world after they've played in your program? What are you really trying to ingrain in them? That when they leave here, obviously, they leave here uh, with a college degree. Hopefully uh, they leave here with a national championship. But the most important part of that is they leave here as confident young women that are ready to go out into the world and, and be secure in who, who they are and move forward and be successful. So how do you become this confident surgeon? What did Dr. Wiss teach you? I told you what Dr. Ranawa taught me, but what did, what did Wiss teach you? Well, you know, I think Wiss was a, a real giant in the field, and, um, you know, he's the son of a shoe salesman, so he comes from very solid working-class uh, background, and mm. I think what he really brought to his uh, teaching philosophy was trying to distill complex ideas into their most, their simplest essence, mm-hmm. and and kind of bringing the idea that if you can take something complicated like all of the technical stuff that, that you and I do with our different surgeries, if you can take that and explain it in a pa- to a patient in a way that they understand and that they could take those lessons home and talk about it with their family and make some decisions about 
their treatment options, that means that you that's how you know you really understand mm-hmm. the concepts and that you can really take that to um, teaching students and residents at all different levels. So if you have that mastery of the topic where you can um, bring it down to everyday people and everyday language, mm-hmm. um, that's what we should be striving for is to take that. And that, that's what we do every day. You and I, when we're talking to patients, People may be scientists, they may be mechanics, you know, they may not even, you know, have the strongest grasp of English. But if you are able to uh, distill the the medical concepts and your recommendations into simple, straightforward language and still have them understand the nuance, then you've really then that's, I think, what we're really trying to achieve and uh, being able to accomplish. And that's a lesson that I really took from him and my parents, you know, coming from the from Taiwan, not really speaking any English at all, and then, mm. you know, rising in their careers. So that's what I really try to do with everything uh, related to teaching and also patient care, is trying to make sure that the people around me can grasp what we're trying to accomplish in the most straightforward way that they can take home and explain to their own families, even though they don't have the same background that we do or the same level of training. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's a philosophy I try to bring forward every day. Uh, And I think um, that Mm -hmm. really is, you know, what we should all be trying to do to make sure that our patients understand and our students and trainees understand what we're doing. You're something special, Dr. Carolyn. What an honor and a pleasure to be able to work with you. I got one last question before I let you go. How do you, I surf, I sculpt in marble, I do the radio show, I do lots of things with my life to keep it balanced. How do you keep it balanced? What do you do that's special? <laughs> that is a, that's a great question, and I'm tr- still trying to find the answer to that one. Um, you know, for me... Uh, you know, I've got my family to keep me grounded. My my wife, my parents, my mother-in-law, we're all here in Southern California. And I think getting the chance to spend time with them and my two sons ha- is really what keeps keeps things balanced so that I, you don't get too caught up in the rat race of work and career and, um, you know, chasing the accolades. Um, you know, so I, I really have been grateful to be at a place like Cedars, which was really family-oriented and to have a boss and colleagues that are really supportive of family so that you take, you can take the time when you need to just to enjoy uh, being with your kids and being with your family. Um, so right now we're still working on, on that. <laughs> just <laughs> keeping the kids alive. I, my, my boys are toddlers. Uh, I think in, in different times I, you know, grew up playing a lot of musical instruments and being able to, to still be a part of that and also enjoy the outdoors that we've got here in California. I'm not a surfer, but I love the ocean. I, I boogie board. I swim. I love the beach, you know, and we're, we're so blessed to be around all of that um, where we live. You see the sculpture so one, on the... One se- of these days, I'm going to get back to it. I, I, I promise. You see the sculpture on the seventh floor that I did of my father? Absolutely. I pass by it every day. One day, I'm going to put a chisel in your hand and take you to my studio and have you... You may say, I'm not an artist, but Carolyn... You actually are an artist. I work in stone and bone. You work in bone, but I'm going to teach you how to work in stone as well. Thanks so much for making the time to be with us. And it's really great for the audience to really hear someone like you, what hard work and confidence really sounds like. A true pleasure. Thanks so much for making the time 
to be with us this morning, Carol. Thanks for having me, Robbie. Okay, my pleasure. All right, Weekend Warriors, the great Dr. Carol Lynn. You're blessed and lucky. If God forbid you ever need her, you'll be in the greatest of hands. Coming up next, I'm going to take you into the operating room. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We'll take some calls, do some clap revision, and i got to tell you where that food is that we're talking about, that cream pie, the best in L.A. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. In a world of infomercials on Saturday morning. <laughs> Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the man. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 Home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's Aretha Franklin, the best that ever was. A woman making her voice like another instrument in the band. Just like Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, amazing. Congratulations to John and Bobby Hogan, the winners of the Who tickets at the Hollywood Bowl. Have fun with the who, the what, the where, the whatever. Enjoy that concert. They are one of the best rock bands of all time, and they're still doing it. It's awesome. Thank you to Tiffany Silva for getting Live Nation involved with the Weekend Warriors show. Should be able to give away lots of tickets. That's all they do is the concert business. We can give away tickets. I cannot believe how many lines we have. As soon as we put the promotion, boom, all the lines lit up. Fantastic. We'll take a call. I do want to tell you what happened in the ocean uh, last Sunday with my surfboard that I brought all the way from Waikiki, 11 feet. Just a massive surfboard and what I did with it last Sunday. i got to tell you that story. But too many callers right now. Let's do some Clapper vision. Let's go to Mario. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Is this is this Mario, Mario me? Mario you. How young are you? What do you do for a living? That's great. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think it would be so easy. Very nice. Listen, Dr. Clapper, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a martial artist. I've done a lot of things. My wrist, I'm at the point now with my wrist. Really painful, inflamed. I was told it's arthritis. Doctors mm. told me they need to fuse the bones in my wrist uh, to alleviate the pain. It's going to limit my motion and things. I, I just wanted a second opinion. I wanted to make an appointment to see you, but I, I figured I'd try and talk to you first. Good idea, Mario. So you're, are you still teaching martial arts? What do you do for a living? Well, not practice. I'm retired now. I'm, I'm 68 years old. I'm retired now. Wow. But I still practice. But right now, I can't even do push-ups. Mm. The, okay. the, the pressure, the pain is so much. So If uh, I have no other choice, I will do the operation, but I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. Is there anything at all I can do? You know, uh, just, you like know in, just like in the world of real estate, Mario, what do they say? Location, location, location. Everything else doesn't matter. 
If you've got a, a piece of property with a view, that's what's special about that piece of property. It doesn't matter what the kitchen looks like or what the roof looks like. You know what I mean? Same thing for medicine. Yeah. When you talk about the wrist, there's eight bones in your wrist. And is it the scaphoid, the capitate, the lunate bone, the trapezium? The tr I can go through all the, all the different bones that make up your wrist and how they all lock in together. And my best clapper vision for the bones of the wrist is a pearl necklace. Take, take eight pearls and take the string and make an eight-pearl, eight-beaded necklace with pearls that the distance between each pearl is exactly the same distance. Well, guess what? The ligaments inside your wrist for those eight bones, if you look at an x-ray where you can't see the ligament, you know how we know on an x-ray that the ligament is okay? Because we can see that the space between the bones is exactly yeah. the same as yeah. all the others. But when the space right. is not, then we know there's damage. It's really awesome to be able to comment about a ligament, which is invisible on an x-ray, and yet we talk about it. It's kind of like looking at an x-ray for arthritis. We can't see the cartilage because it doesn't have calcium. But we can talk about the arthritis, the damage to the cartilage, because we see the space between the bones yes. getting thinner. I just love when we talk about yes. things that are invisible. So the location of the damage in your wrist is really the most important thing. However, there's a choice that can be made sometimes where the location is just right, where instead of fusing the bones, you can maintain the space between the joint by get a load of this by using a graft that comes from a cadaver, someone who died in a motorcycle accident or whatever, just like we use their heart for a heart transplant or their kidney for a kidney transplant, we will use body parts from someone deceased to save the life of someone else. Well, guess what? There is a surgeon at Cedars who I love named David Culber, K-U-L-B-E-R. Mm -hmm. He's a hand surgeon. And he's come up with a way, if the, the place in the wrist is bone on bone in this particular location, and I don't know, Mario, because I'm just talking to you on the radio, I can't see your x-ray or I'm not examining you, but if the location of your bone on bone and arthritis in your wrist causing the pain, the swelling, and the limited motion that you have is the right spot, Dr. Kolber has come up with a way of using, get a load of this, the meniscus, which is the rubber cartilage in your knee. He's figured yeah. out how to use the meniscus from a cadaver's knee and use it as a spacer, as a rubber cushion in the wrist. So you, Mario, might be a candidate uh -huh. for this amazing procedure that he does that he invented he's amazing so that's who you're going to call you're going to call cedar sinai and you're going to figure out the uh -huh. hand surgeon david Culber, k-u-l-b-e-r and you'll give him a call and, mm -hmm. and when they say how did you know to call dr Culber?" you know what you're going to say mario i listened to the I'm weekend, weekend that's right that's what you're going to tell them because you are yeah, i listened to you <laughs> I listen to you religiously every Saturday morning. Well, I can't thank you enough, and you're like many, many other people in this town. And you know what I always tell Mario, tell people, you're a total yeah. stranger to me right now, even though you're a loyal listener. But to say thank you to yeah. me, 
You go find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right, Mario? Definitely we'll do that. Thank, you. Right. Thank you very much. God bless you. You call him and tell him I say hi. All right, Warriors. What a pleasure. Well, I just got to tell you one quick surfing story before I tell you about the food and what we're going to do next week. I'm surfing last Sunday, and the waves were gorgeous. But not big, but still gorgeous. And since I knew the waves, the swell wouldn't be that big, I decided to take the board that I schlepped all the way from Honolulu, from Waikiki, that I had made by a man who's since retired. The biggest, baddest board just for Waikiki. It's a beast, 11 feet tall. Two people in the parking lot came up to me and asked me if they could buy the board. That's how cool this board was. But I surfed with my buddies last Saturday, last Sunday, for two hours. And they said, Lance and Ed, come on, Robbie, we're done. Let's go get some coffee at Good Time Donuts. I said, all right. But I felt, I didn't feel, I had already surfed my brains out, caught so many great waves. But I'm on this board. It was like a, it's like a floating Lincoln Continental. That's how great this board was. It just has inertia. It moves. It's just the greatest feeling in the world to be on this board. And I didn't want to come out. So they already going in. They're thinking I'm following them. Well, I didn't follow them. I, turned, I took a wave, I turned my board, and I paddled out. And there was quite a bit of a lull between the sets coming in. And I'm saying to myself, oh, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I just should have gone in with that last wave. But no, I turned around, and I was out there waiting. And I'm looking at the horizon, and nothing. And I'm sitting, and all of a sudden, the shadow on the horizon comes up. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, this could be the best way for the entire morning. I've been out two hours. Oh, my God. And nobody's around me. I turn my board around to face the beach. And I start paddling. But because this board is such a beast, it's like an 18-wheeler truck. Paddle, paddle, paddle. I then feel like God tapped me on the shoulder. Robbie, you can stop paddling now. I'd get on my knees, I got on my feet, and this thing got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I rode this thing probably half the length of a football field all the way into the beach. And it was like me walking that board out of the water going, how do you like them apples? It was unbelievable. And if I hadn't stayed for that one more wave, I probably I would have missed one of the best rides I had this entire year. So you know what? Sometimes you don't have to go in. Sometimes you should stay a little bit longer. That's the lesson I learned on that one. Trust your instincts. All right, the best chocolate cream pie in America. Forget about L.A., but it happens to be in L.A. since 1947. I have to thank the great Linda Yui for getting this for me. Because I, she got me a whole pie, not just a slice, but you can get a slice. The crust, the chocolate pudding cream filling, and that fresh made whipped cream on top. Forget about the coffee that you get, because the coffee, I think the coffee pot's from 1947, which is amazing, is at the very own Apple Pan, Westwood and Pico. I don't even want to send more people there, but if you've lived in L.A. your whole life and you've never experienced the Apple Pants chocolate cream pie, get back to me next week and let me know what it was like. And what are we going to do next week? Who's the guest? What's the topic going to be? Well, I cannot wait. 
He's a painter, and he's one of my favorite painters in the world because he knows how to use light and the shimmering light on the water, the use of light, the reflection of light in a painting like none other. Right now, there's a big exhibit of his work up in Santa Barbara at the Maritime Museum. His name is Kevin Short. But Kevin Short also happens to be a surfer. When is it that you can bring the world of art to showcase your life's passion? That's what Kevin has done. He's made himself a painter who paints the ocean and the water and surfing like nobody else. You should look him up. Google him. Kevin Short. So where in sports and where in art do I see this example? Well, the man who started Surfer Magazine, John Severson, did just that. He invented surf art. And I got to tell you about him. And in sports, we're going to talk about Julius Irving. You'll understand why when you hear the sound bites, sound bites next week. Until next week, I'll leave you with Volare. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.